Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the cloud. I only blow clouds. There you go. <laughs>
Depends if you're the one uh, working the heavy machinery for the cameras. And stuff. Fair enough. Fair enough. There's, you know, there's a time for work <laughs> and a time for play, I'm sure. But there's uh, definitely a, it's a more relaxed industry for sure. Um, especially, yeah, like you said, on the creative end of things, you kind of have to come up with new ideas and, and yeah. stuff, which I mean, like Matt and I work on scripts and stuff on the side as well. So I think oh, we, yeah. we like to flex those kinds of muscles. Um, but podcasting has been a great outlet, you know, Hell for yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, meeting, we talk meeting, meeting people, people and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're on the same train of thought. Yeah. Meeting people is the best part. Cause like half of our show is interview show. So we get to sit down and like talk to people that, you know, we would never, ever meet wildly in the world. You know what I mean? Out there and about. So it's one of the best parts is just getting everybody's sight on different topics. And you never know where the conversation is going to go. Cause we have a pretty open format, just like yeah. you guys do. You never know where it's going to go. And, and we have uh, to thank you for hooking us up with the uh, guys from High Stick. We exactly. had them on our show. And that was yeah. a connection that we made through you on Instagram, I believe. Networking yeah. is like the unexpected pleasure of podcasting that came out, I think. You know? Yeah, you get to meet so many different people that, like you say, you never would have spoke to hadn't you gone down this road. So why don't we talk about, did you have something, Justin? Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of like interviewing people, we were listening to your most recent podcast and... Uh, your interview with was it saggy sack saggy sack yeah that escalated quickly so yeah that was we, we like to do <laughs> i don't know why episodes you know and that was definitely a special one <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 my favorite quote in that one was like you know they always tell you not to meet your childhood heroes and uh whoa yeah. you sounded like defeated so yeah um, it was rough dude i mean i wanted them on the show bad you know yeah um, he he was not happy with Matt, that's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, when it comes April first episode ever, I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, true. <laughs> we tried step it up every April Fools, um, Halloween, and I feel like there's another one I'm leaving out. I mean, anytime another we can do something goofy, we try to do it. <laughs> yeah, usually Christmas, um, any holiday, New Christmas. Year's usually, yeah. yeah, I think we had like then we do like a Santa Claus bit for a whole episode on. Yeah, yeah, we Christmas. had like Santa break in my house and knock me out. Oh yeah, yeah, like <laughs> try, a, a well, Santa was, robber. Yeah. Santa. He wasn't really Santa, yeah. but Matt interviewed him on the show as I was unconscious, supposedly out of frame. Uh, Did you get, so speaking of networking, were you not able to get the actual Santa? Because I've got his number if you guys need it. We've been trying. Really, he was really like, I'll hook you up. He's super to turn cool. We smoke in. all the time. So nice. Wow, dude. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes. So yeah. You got to have that in. Otherwise, you, you can't get in the DMs. Tough circle yeah. to get in. You know? Smoking on that North Pole Endo. So Ooh, uh, man, <laughs> fancy. So, um, in this week's episode of How High is Cole, I just tried to hit my e-rig without any concentrate in it. All right. <laughs> Ooh. So let's let's it's a good go. way to burn it. That's right. So I want to go back to something that you said, Matt. You talked about, uh, I believe it was you. Um, again, good about as fuck. Uh, <laughs> you talked about how you go down this road and you talk to people you never would have imagined. How did you get to the American Slacker podcast? Wait, what? How did I get him on there? How did we get him on there? Or? How did the American Slacker podcast come to be? How did it come to be? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, again, me and Jesse have been creating for, you know, well over a decade and a half. Mm -hmm. And um, it evolved from music. And then he was bugging me to do a podcast since podcasts <laughs> have been out, honestly. Like, basically, like, when I first heard about podcasts, and then the second time I heard about podcasts was Jesse being like, you know, we can we could like do one of these <laughs> cool we could just like sit there and bullshit like i think your original concept was like just bringing a recorder around with our friends in the cars or something like that yeah i remember there was a really old concept and then it eventually evolved and like 
2016, we finally just pulled the trigger and uh, mm-hmm. went balls to the walls, like just fucking went in and did a ton of research. You know, we each covered our halves of it and figured out how we were going to do different things. And uh, it made it a lot easier compared to, you know, there's a lot of single podcasters out there that are doing everything. So it was like easier that way. And then, dude, before you know it, we're American Slacker Podcast, 230 episodes well, deep. And I think an interesting tidbit is the first episode we did was the only one that we've recorded. Well, maybe not the only one. It's one of mm. the only ones that we've actually recorded in person together. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one episode we actually were together in the same yeah. room. So- I-, I will say we also went to podcast movement and did one together live oh, did that, we put that, that on the main one. feed or was that patreon i couldn't remember i, I think it might have gone out on the main feed but okay to but be so, technical yeah. about it yeah technical, the, yeah so the first one know, was together yeah all the other under ones under one percent of the episodes we were together yeah. most of them were recorded across the united states where he's in mm-hmm. california and i was in new york for most of it and now you using everything Florida. from microsoft teams video to uh skype to Zencaster Zencaster. and to Zoom, I believe, Mm -hmm. was the genesis of our (laughs) video calling. Google call, man, was, yeah, we used to do it old Oh, Google Hangouts. Oh, we didn't even look at each other. (laughs) Just over the phone. Yep. (laughs) So many OG podcasts started on Google Hangouts. That's legit. Mm -hmm. You guys have been doing it since 2016. That's, I could tell that you'd been at it for a while. I was just checking out kind of what you guys had going and um, it's pretty awesome. We got some cloud out there. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, and it, it's a little bit of a balance, you know, overall too, because like we want to put out a really good product that people enjoy listening to, but like also you can kill yourself over, you know, trying to make something perfect. Yeah. Uh, and and Matt and I can definitely be that way when it comes to being a perfectionist about what we mm-hmm. release to the public. Um, Especially in the beginning, we were really critical. Like, yeah, we were just like yeah. overcritical, and it like I feel like it hurt our, ourselves. But like now, we figured out the perfect blend of being critical. And the well, and yeah, spots. and over time, the the experience of doing you know an hour show every mm-hmm. week for four years, it becomes sort of like second nature to be like, okay, we know yeah. what we know how to set up. We're through a lot of like the first bumps and stuff. So we're at a very nice cruising altitude now with our podcast, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We have cruising altitude. <laughs> I like that. Hell yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of unsaid things about podcasting, you know, like everybody thinks, you know, that's an outsider thinks it's just hopping on a mic and hit publish, you know, and they don't see the right. hours of editing that go into it, the gruesome work with that, let alone building the next week's show, you know, which is like full production. I mean, it's like you're being a fucking producer, you're doing everything all in one, you know, being the host and all that. Yep. And then you got to do graphic design, you got to have video work, you know, marketing, uh. marketing, dude, networking, you know. <laughs> So it's, you know, and like, we've learned a lot of it along the way, sort of, you know, as, mm-hmm. as we've had to do it, you hit a roadblock and you go, how do I get over this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's yeah. It's, uh, it's tough, but we'll, we'll talk about, I want to, I have a question for you about people that might want to start a podcast later if you have any advice, but we'll get to that topic. Um, what have you had any really cool guests on your show? You talked about, you mentioned people you never would have imagined talking to in person. Do you have like maybe some, some examples that you could go through? Um, oh, yeah. Check out a ton. Yeah. I mean, the one I would first mention is Brandon Crane because we both have seen him as a child, like inside of like things such as like wonder years or Stephen the King's it. Yeah. Well, the series. It, yeah. Or yeah. Um, the, the TV one, <laughs> yeah, the TV one back in the day. Um, so, you know, like seeing somebody that like you grew up watching is weird, you know, and having conversations with them and, you know, being all buddy, buddy and stuff. It's like, whoa, that's, that's interesting. Well, and then the up and comers like, then, um, 
David Howard Thornton was really cool to talk oh, to. He, man. he people had uh, uh, Art the Clown. He was in t- Art the Clown and Terrifier. Uh, yeah. He was he was a sweetheart, even though yeah, he's horrifying in that movie. <laughs> such a good dude. You'd he never like expect a killer clown. You would never expect a dude that's under that that makeup and mask. It's wild. Um, Mark Forward was really fun oh, yeah. to have on um, from Letterkenny. <laughs> he plays the coach who's like kicking the trash can all around <laughs> and yeah. screaming. He yeah. he was he was hilarious. Um, he's a great dude. He's very and, uh, sarcastic. And and that, yeah. and that was like right around the time that one of his specials was coming out too. Um, yeah. So it was cool to talk to him about you know the approach, I guess. And we have a lot of comedians on. I think those are some of our favorite mm-hmm. people to have on are comedians because they're very they're very easy to talk to and when you want to pry about like how they go about doing like what they do they're really interested in telling you about it yeah yeah ian fidance uh zach mm-hmm. amico were two that really popped on our show we had such mm-hmm. a good time with chrissy mayer she chrissy she had some really, really good, good insight about like tweaking your performance to mm-hmm. whatever audience you're in front of to make yeah. sure it's like successful so yeah it's yeah. It, the not the knowledge that we get i feel like we should be paying for sometimes you know with mm-hmm. the guests that we bring on it's like how are we getting this education for free you know and how do we trick them into coming on to our show <laughs> yeah i mean it's really cool because like if we do a really good job sometimes i feel like this has happened multiple times where they've like after we like hit like hit the end button they're like they'll give us some real like behind the scenes advice like yeah oh yeah you know you guys should be blah blah blah, blah or like mm-hmm. do this or that or like you know and they'll have this like knowledge from like something they've experienced and they just want to pass it because they see like potential you know and they're just like being kind which is like mind-blowing in the moment i'm like i get i get all fanboyish like and that kind of thing like you know what i mean because <laughs> oh, i just yeah. respect like i respect a lot of creators like it doesn't matter if i like your product i'm like wow that's like original like it's just something i appreciate and it, like when there's so much copycat shit if like i really dig something like i just like get fanboyish about a creator you know well yeah. speaking of fanboying another name that we definitely have to drop is dan simons from uh just surrender <laughs> so this is nick uh, from hit the lights too or Come nick from, and nick from hit the lights so some of like we me and matt were really into and still are really into pop punk and like you know that yeah. scene from when we were growing up so being able to reach out to bands that we actually went and saw in concert as teenagers and then have those like performers come onto our show and like in some cases perform live for us yeah um yeah. it fucking mind-blowing yeah, like, <laughs> like we mind have blowing. one yeah like, we have one version of a song that's so unique and like we're the only ones that have it like it was only on our show that it, it's been performed like it has on our patreon as well of, yeah <laughs> Yo, that is so cool so it, it's like wild to go from like yeah again like from being like little punk ass teens like yeah like in a venue <laughs> watching these people to just be like friends with them now like picking can, their brains yeah like yeah, Nick from Hit the Lights accidentally texted me thinking I was his cousin. Like, so it's like, you know, like, it's like, damn, I never thought that I'd be getting accidental texts from Nick from Hit the Lights, you know? Right. That's <laughs> like, yeah, if you would have told, if you would have told yeah. younger Matt that, he would have been like, yeah. so it's a running bit that, between us now. And it's like, fuck. dude, yeah, it's just wild, dude, you know? That is crazy. Man, a lot of opportunities, which a lot of cool. opportunities. And then again, we grow because we have a half and half show. So I don't want to discredit like what we do on the other side is like we just have this weird show where we do a conglomerate of like weird news. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a variety show. Media recommendation, whether it's, you know, music or a movie or, you know, whatever. Um, and then uh, a game because we like mm-hmm. to have fun and always try to fuck around with each other. and uh, <laughs> Put each yeah. other in the hot That's- seat and like reverse music and you have to guess who it is or something like that. It's always something fairly easy that we try and make available to the listener to play as well mm-hmm. so they can like play along right at the end of the show 
Yeah. And that's what I feel like that gives us an experience with like, you know, the total structure of building a show, you know, it's helped us evolve as creators altogether and just as much importance as like sitting down with like these amazing people and figuring out the intriguing questions that are going to pop to the listener. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like sharpening your fucking tools. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's all it's about is like sharpening your skills and. And you guys have so many different tools. That's what I love about your show. And, and, and they all are sharp. Ow. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean to stab like, you there. but I was going to say, Matt, reach under your desk, actually. <laughs> I know you got a sword under there somewhere. <laughs> that's awesome. He's, He's like, actually, that's right there. Yeah. This one's not never, near me, but I do have like, far. a, a Bear Grylls. There's always some weapon nearby. <laughs> got to be prepared yeah. he's in florida you know one so time sh- i one time i just happened to have on. my have an ar next to me because i was like cleaning it before and <laughs> i was like what you never know <laughs> and i just pulled up a rifle he was like whoa you never you know gotta defend florida. the podcast desk dude <laughs> right and alligators are busting down your bro door. you don't even know stop all right i hear he one knocking me, right now he sent me a video before we got in the chat here with you about it was a uh, what a 16 or 20 foot alligator or something like no, that. No, he went that one was only 13, and they get to oh. be like 16 to 20 feet, which is fucking scary because this one at 13 feet was like it was almost as scary as a velociraptor being loose. All right, that's all I'm gonna he say. He says it's scary, but we saw the video too. This dude's just sitting out smoking a cigarette next to this fucking thing because that's how <laughs> Florida he is, dude. Well, those I, are dude, the I'm ones. looking for a gator actively, I'm looking for a baby you gator that I can train like. <laughs> No, I'm going to grab. If I <laughs> ever find a gator under two feet, it's coming home with me, and I'm training it. Like, Hell, yeah. Hell yeah. Like, PETA can come after me, dude, but I'm going to treat them well, so they can lay off. All right? There's, there's <laughs> tons life. out there, man. There are tons of them. Like, I found one the other day. It was four feet. He was just over the limit. I said, no, he's too much trouble, you know? Yeah. But, four, feet's, four feet's the limit. We'll Gotta report be back on how many fingers Matt has It's like getting a punk teen that just got out of juvie, you know what I mean? When you get a four-year-old gator, <laughs> he's going to be trouble. Hell yeah. Well, I'll have to check out those episodes with the comedians you mentioned because I hadn't listened to those shows yet. And folks that listen to our show know we're, you think cannabis, comedy, drugs, they all go together hand in room quite well, right? So, <laughs> um, but really, we, you know, that's that's a joke. Really, we think now more than ever, everybody needs a laugh. So we've definitely been trying to go out of our way to get more comedians on. So folks, check out those shows if you're trying to get a good laugh because, or, or some wisdom. That's what I, uh, that's really what i'm looking forward to because mm-hmm. i only not only love stand-up comedy but i respect the art yeah. and uh that's really cool to hear that <laughs> yeah that you guys got some insights yeah we've always it, been fans of like comedians oh, big time. And comedy growing up so yeah okay. and i mean it's it's definitely an underappreciated art i mean people think it's very fucking easy to sit up there comfortably mm-hmm. and do a half an hour let alone you know an hour you know whatever your special is um, if you get if you're lucky enough to get to that level, well, hell, we're having uh, somebody on uh, this week from Miami, Florida. He was just on Kill Tony. His name's Dan uh, Hasso. And I love I Kill Tony. He, yeah, Kill Tony. You do a minute, and people struggle yeah. with that. So anybody out there that's listening that thinks stand up comedy is easy, go ahead and watch <laughs> Kill Tony. And, I love uh, Kill Tony. You're it has spawned multiple stars though. Prepared. What's that? Yeah, it has spawned multiple stars though. Like it's, it, yeah. there's a couple guys that have really come off of that and become famous because they became regulars and then like now they've got, you know, podcasts of their own and shit and many deals. They're getting you know actual comedy deals. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, that's what I love most about that show is it gives yeah. people the opportunity and a random opportunity at that. So folks that haven't listened, just a quick rundown. Of, you know, not trying to pitch you on the show or anything, but uh, comedians <laughs> pull names out of a bucket. 
they get called up and they have to do a minute of stand-up comedy. They don't know they're going to get called. You know, they, they put their name in the bucket and it's kind of a wash. And so it's very interesting. You see pump, some people come up prepared, confident. Some people come up that think they can do it and uh, it goes the way that you might expect it to. So, <laughs> Oh, and don't forget to add that there's usually guest judges on. And yeah. I mean, you might just be performing comedy in front of like, you know, Joe Rogan or, you yeah. know. And insert any comedian because random pop-ins happen all the time. Anthony mm-hmm. Jeselnik might be there. And, like, if you get somebody that's a roaster, like, or Jeff Ross, like, if you get one of those yes. guys, you know how nerve-wracking that would be to be in front of a Roastmaster, like, doing a minute? It's like, oh, fuck, these jokes suck. What was I thinking? And then you got to deliver it. And then your confidence is shot. Like, you're, Yo, you're at that point, you're that. you're up there. What are you going to do? You just got to do your set oh, and, like, get over. <laughs> it yeah. sucks. Yeah. It sucks. Well, that's not how it works because you, you, you do your minute and then... Oh, and then they you, rip it apart. You stay up there with the panel as they rip you a fucking part, <laughs> oh, piece by piece by piece. So if you suck, it gets uncomfortable. It gets cringeworthy, which is like you're just the best going part to the gallows. The yeah, that's like well, <laughs> and, and they always pick like the most uncomfortable part of your set, or the most like you know something that you're gonna have to be super vulnerable in front of this whole crowd of strangers oh. and explain why that was funny, basically, and like is that Damn. in real life? And ooh, I couldn't handle that part of it. Well, you mentioned Joe Rogan; he was just on, and we watched this one dude go up, and um, he just bombed. Like he bombed worse than I think I've ever seen anybody bomb before. Like usually when you bomb so bad. There's still like some laughs because people are like, oh my God, this is happening right now. Right. Mm -hmm. But it was silent. Like they literally pointed out, like, you hear the silence after your jokes. Anyways, though, Joe Rogan was just asking, he's like, you seem, you seem like you can talk well. You're like, do your friends, do you, are you funny with your friends? He was trying to understand, like, was it just the stage fright that was getting in front of your performance? And you could just tell, like you, one of you said, if you have like Joe Rogan questioning you, it's just (laughs) like, you're like, on yeah. fucking DEFCON 5. So he, <laughs> Joe Rogan asks him, um, you know, are you funny, like, with your friends? Like, do you make your friends laugh? And he's just like, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, just, it's just funny because you can tell. He's just like, I'm getting questioned by Joe Rogan right now. So oh, Yeah. Man. Yeah, it's a definitely the most intense moment. And I'm, I'm not sure, but it might be surprise. Like, when you go there, I don't think they list the guest. Mm-hmm. So yep. you might go there. And you put your name in the bucket before the show even starts. And then exactly. you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to kill tonight. They're probably going to have on somebody, you know, randomly a podcaster or something. And then, like, it's fucking Joe Rogan. And you're like, right. Well, see, that's what I'm thinking is, like, if you're going and doing that, put as minute you pop your name in that bucket, you got to forget about whoever the judge is or whatever. Okay, the go only do thing it. You, the only thing do that it. you can. I'm not saying I can do it. But, but, but I'm saying, like, what you need to do, because I'm not going to do it. Let me play coach here oh it's a bit of uh say what i do not or say what exactly. i say or do well, what i say but put not your what effort I do. Yeah. put your effort into your jokes that's all you have control over whoever the judges they're gonna be whoever if the fucking audience sucks that night that's out of your control all you can do is work on your set at least from you know my, my own point of view it's like yeah you're gonna get joe's either gonna love it or he's gonna roast your ass <laughs> logically you're right because i mean you're gonna get critique from the best like teacher ever e- yeah yeah I mean, I mean take it for what it is you are right but you know the the human body is kind of shitty and it does other things to you in the moment that you're like i don't understand this oh yeah if you shit yourself up there you're done like yeah like you know what i mean like yeah you're (laughs) fucked not only that there's a weird dynamic of you have to be able to take shit well have you noticed Mm -hmm. like the guys that are good Mm -hmm. take the disses well you know 
Like, you can't get bent out of shape about anything. You just have right. to come back at it and, you know, laugh at yourself. That's all you can do. Otherwise, you look like an asshole. Like, that's, yeah. a, you know, guys fade out like that all the time in, like, different scenes. Like, I, I hear about it in the New York City scene all the time. People are always roasting on the guys that last for a year or something. And they're, like, total dicks. And everybody's like, yeah, that guy's a dick, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we so get like, a lot of those inside scoops whenever we talk to, like, you know, so a comedian yeah. from, like, New York City. Off mic, a yeah. lot of the times they'll dish to us, which is fun. <laughs> yeah that's when you don't want your reputation to be out there ahead of you like you know that's not the, t- the way you want it to be it's like oh i've heard of you you're a fucking douche <laughs> hell yeah so um you mentioned you do like holiday specials uh i call them holiday specials just like you said any any chance you can get to be creative really um mm-hmm. i like that you guys cover cannabis news and i like uh is the news part, does that come from you, Jesse, since you mentioned your, or is it like a combination of just both of you being passionate, looking at wacky news, cannabis news, trying to keep up? Like, how do, how do you guys bring together the show and get that material? How did it's we come up with that concept? Like, I don't know. I, we always like weird stories, I guess. I don't even know how we stumbled across the, like, I think well, I just, we thought together, like, it was a good idea to be relevant with things that are happening that people yeah. can be intrigued by outside of just me and Something Jesse. topical. You know, and like, and I mean, we both smoke and we're passionate about, you know, um, criminal yeah. justice reform when it comes to cannabis. So, and I, I remember that was equity, idea. that kind of stuff. Jesse 100% was like, we should have like one story up front since we do love weed and, and call it the like, the weed <laughs> I like to weed. say it's like slipping a, a, like a little in the brownies at the family reunion. It's like people might not know why they're feeling good, but now they know a little bit about weed. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying dose your grandmother. I'm, yeah. I need to say that as a PSA. People, uh, let's be clear. He's yes, not advocating. <laughs> um, no, but that's what we do with our show is we like to start um, our bizarre news with a little bit of weed news. And there that's <laughs> always, uh, you know, a state doing some sort of reform where cannabis and uh, marijuana is at the federal level, um, which is usually just at stalling in the fucking Senate, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah. Except for New York going wild card and just being like, you're free. Like out of nowhere, it felt like. <laughs> i yeah. mean it was it was a long time coming they talked about doing it in 2020 and then uh, true, obviously bigger things kind of took precedence yeah. um so i'm not going to fault them on that but it, it it took a while you know massachusetts vermont they're already mm. you know legal before new york so they were losing out and, and new york being mine and matt's uh home state so we we had like some vestment because we were fucking left i mean he went he went to a, a non-legal state what'd you do matt i know it's beautiful summer down yeah there. but they don't give a fuck like it's florida <laughs> they're like dude we got things to worry about like we got to get the cocaine dealers on the ocean and stuff true you know I mean? true and the so, crackheads down at the 7-eleven like they're not worried about like the dude smoking weed in his house or like anything like right. that and they do have medical and it's pretty lean they do have medical true. it's just expensive so i choose to be a rebel and do black market <laughs> there you go don't get me yeah i don't care <laughs> well once they legalize and and you know you got a fucking cookies on the corner you can go pop into <laughs> i can't wait yeah pick up I mean, some stuff but, watching like yeah like you were saying massachusetts like watching them they did it perfectly it was mm-hmm. it took a year but it was set up beautifully the mm-hmm. prices weren't too bad for the start mm-hmm. it was easy for any out-of-stater to be able to go there so i think new york was like son of a bitch man we're losing out <laughs> on so much revenue because like i bet you the mass of the people buying in massachusetts mm-hmm. were buying like from new york because they were strategically like set up on the uh the border yeah oh like, yeah a lot was, of weed shops are on like a half hour drive from new york you know yeah yeah from where i lived sounds it was like, a it was a 40 minute drive it was boom yeah sounds like us yeah we've got a lot of border states that are conveniently set up for our neighbors folks mm-hmm. from iowa come on in 
<laughs> yep. See, that's wicked. Indiana. And as the yeah. dominoes sort of fall, you know, that's what we've been like kind of tracking over like these past couple of years with doing the cannabis news is like, you know, once enough states are on the legal side, it's the federal is just going to kind of have to come over if, yeah. if they want a piece of any of what this action is. So, I mean, New York's always been kind of our, we wanted that to have, like, uh, if, if we're Indiana Jones, New York was like in that opening scene where he does the bag switch, yeah. but like federal is our like arc of the covenant. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. so we're, we're, yeah. we're still watching for that and trying to see how they approach these like legalization laws, especially when it comes to like people who are still sitting in fucking jail for it yeah. while you can walk in down the street in new york and, where you, yeah. they won't bust you for smoking weed out on the streets now they tell they've told every cop not to arrest people for smoking out on the like road yeah so anywhere you can smoke a cigarette you can smoke weed and right. meanwhile you could be smoking weed like a block away from a penitentiary where dude's on the edge of 30 right. years for fucking a marijuana charge in bulk or or once they get to the point where you know they start giving out licenses to operate these businesses, and now people are just walking in and buying it like milk when people are sitting in jail for having essentially done the same thing just a few years off on the timeline, yeah. which yep. is fucked. That's like yep. absolutely fucked. So that yeah. we're, we try and like highlight that for sure when it comes to uh, the cannabis news that we cover on the show. Yeah. Well, hopefully, um, hopefully we'll see some expungements of criminal records in the state of mm-hmm. New York. Um, because, like you say, that's ridiculous. Speaking of New York, New Jersey, um, if you guys want to look up, this is you know for both you and our listeners. Um, we've tried to cover this um, in the past, but this is the most recent instance of it coming up. Um, if you check out Governor Cuomo's 29-page memo um, by the New York Medical Cannabis Industry Association, NYMCIA, uh, the cool CIA. Uh, the organization's current board includes leadership from the state limited dispensary license holders in New York, including Columbia Care, Illinois, is from Illinois. Uh, they're also operating in Illinois. Um, Cresco, also operating in Illinois. Curaleaf, also operating in Illinois. GTI, you, you know what I'm about to say, Pharmacan. Okay, so and all of those companies lobbied against Home Grow. Once again, I believe they did the same thing in Illinois, if I'm not mistaken. So, folks, if if I'm incorrect on the Illinois thing, correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, you know how I am. Send me a source, and I will correct it on air. But I'm pretty sure that I uh, saw on the medical cannabis community in the when we were moving towards adult use that there was proof that. Some of these same companies were lobbying, especially GTI and Cresco. I know that for a fact. And Verano, which I didn't mention. Um, they lobbied against HomeGrow. So it's just, what do you guys think about the, it, South Park did an a- episode on it. So what do you think about home gro- or uh, cultivators lobbying against HomeGrow in all these different states? What do you think about that? I think it's natural. It's protection. They're trying to protect their, like, their investments and their future, honestly. That's what that's about. Um so I don't blame them. A monopoly. It sucks, but no, like they're worried about loss, and I get why they're doing it. I mean, any other company is not going to want you to create, you know, things. That, I mean, that's why like but things th- like recipes are like you know coveted. Well, you know, it's like but, they don't want you to understand like how to make it at home because they want you to come to them, and they like that's what they do. Like that's why people get pissed off when you copy something you do because it's like yours. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
Well, that's the di- but the difference I would say between cannabis and Coca Cola is like it's a you like you're basically trying to claim, you know, copyright over a plant in, yeah, in a way I mean, where it's like you know we're going to be the only ones to own this. You know, if if, if you do it, we're going to lock you in a cage. <laughs> we copyright like vaccinations and shit and and viruses even. I mean, why not? Do you see any parallels to home brewing though? That's, that's what I was thinking. Ooh, okay. Yeah, because mm. I'm allowed to. I do home brewing. I brew mead. Mm. I brewed beer in the past. Um, and I know that you're allowed a certain amount of gallons per person. If you have two people in the house, you can double that, which is nice. Hey, um, thank you for bringing that up. That's another. You, there are pos- possession limits with brewing mm-hmm. alcohol. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Yeah. We found another. We found another example of possession limits, people. Yeah. I, I've always said that possession limits only seem to extend to cannabis. It's always weird. It's mm. like nobody says you can only have a 30-pack of beer in your fridge. Well, you just need yeah. to get a license, I believe. If you go yeah. over, I think, I mean, I'm probably going to be wrong on this, but it's a lot. It's like 20 gallons or something like that. You're basically yeah. like having a home winery at that point, <laughs> Yeah. Um, which which is like fine. Like if you want to do that, but then they're going to require you to, you know, apply for an alcohol Maybe. Which in that case makes sense because you're at that point sounds like you're like mm-hmm. distributing it, selling it, right? So yeah. Now, so wait, I, is it written as twenty gallons being brewed at a time, and it I doesn't matter per, how much I think you it's have per year? It does oh, that's kind of shitty. Okay, twenty mm-hmm. for a year. That's not a lot for a year. I, I can look it up specifically, but I, I gave twenty kind of. I looked it up a few months ago. Do you know? Okay. I'm, I'm not huh. trying to like make you speak on all things brewing law, uh, yeah. but do you know if that's just maybe to your state or is that like a federal thing? I'm just curious. That's actually a good question, Jamie. Um, let me... Pull that shit up. Yeah. Right. No. Um, <laughs> so, uh, anyways, though, yeah. While he's looking that up, um, I don't know. I get. I I see what you. Hundred gallons. Hundred gallons. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, it year. sucks. It okay, sucks. so most states permit home brewing of 100 gallons of beer per adult 21 or older per year. Per a maximum year. of 200 gallons per house. Okay. Household. So we're talking like 200 servings. I mean, that that works out, you know? So I, I feel mean, like a half they, gallon is probably, what, you know, like four beers, five beers, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably I, a good I, amount. I, I can't do I usually just fill them until they're full and keep going. I'm not much of a scientist when okay. it comes to my own brewery. I imagine I that's a pretty admit. decent yield, but still, I think, like, I agree what you're saying, Jesse. Like, it's bullshit to have these regulations, like, to begin with, like, you know. Well, it's I like, mean, in in that case, where it's like, if they wanted to take that same model and say, okay, you can have, um, and and in a lot of states it is this way. It's like you can have, you know, twelve mature plants or eight mature plants, or yeah. and and I like when they do Six, that when yeah. they designate it by mature plant versus mm-hmm. veg, you know vegetative. Um, cause that allows you to open up to do cycles as opposed to, yep. <laughs> right. You know, clones, a shit ton of clones, like whatever exactly. you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. It opens it up a lot more. And Hey, I mean, if, if anyone's true, like free market about like shit in America, then like open it up, let people grow at home. I yeah. mean, put, mm-hmm. put some limit on it so that it's like, yeah, if you're going to grow over, you know, 50 plants at your house or 25 plants, that's commercial ap- production. Uh, yeah. Apply for sure. a license or something. Cause yeah. at that point. What, you you got to have fucking property to be doing something like that in the first place. You got to have greenhouses in the back um, <laughs> or in the basement, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they really can't position these companies to just come in and be the Coca-Cola or Marlboro in a state because then you're just going to end up perpetuating the same problem that we've had, which is people are going to fucking grow. Like people are going to distribute and make a black market if you don't mm-hmm. make it easy 
for a free market, if you want to put it that way, um, to, to operate. And the pricing. I mean, sometimes the the so companies too, have so. plenty of money to make greenhouses and yeah. shit. They're going to they're going to outpace every home grower that's in the state. Mm. The, the the idea that, you know, Joe fucking green thumb is going to be <laughs> taken away from the one percent of profits that what is it? Cresco fucking makes uh, yeah. is, is laughable to me, especially since they're jumping state to state like a monster. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a sad thing is like the the dispensaries that do pop really in these new like states that are going legal tend to be owned by millionaires and whatnot because they got the funding to investment have a huge ass warehouse where they grow and then have the commercial space of like selling you know and and, the licenses are expensive too and dude the permits 10 grand Mm -hmm. and like five grand depending upon the state you're in it's a it's a shit ton of money Mm -hmm. and it could be denied so you could just take all that (laughs) money and just go into the wind and that's it you know like Especially so it's if almost, it's on like a lottery system or something. There's a whole ton of politics involved in the industry already, which suck, but at least yeah, we won't get like, fucking okay. arrested and thrown in prison anymore, you know? Yeah, for example, folks, uh, in Illinois, and this of course this of course is not uh, open right now, and we can talk about that if you guys have any thoughts about it, but in Illinois, if you wanted to get in on getting a license when you could, right now we have about 21 license holders that cultivate. Um, you had to pay... An application fee of twenty five thousand dollars, which, Oof. like you said, Oof. more than I was. You could not. See, yeah, you could. You there's a chance you don't see it again. An annual cultivation license fee of a hundred thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. You may also have to pay extra for extended plant counts, which can range from four thousand to ten thousand based on cultivation size. I don't know about that last part, but I've heard the first two things. Uh, Still, that's a quarter, that's a quarter million right there up front. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, right. and you're just you're hurting the consumer. You're hurting the people that are trying to produce the product. I mean, like, and then you leave it to where only the people that can afford like to have all that money invested into something that's only going to bring a little bit of revenue because you've got to charge sixty five an eighth. You know, we'll talk. And you're going to lose a lot of barriers to entry, man. I don't exactly. got. I don't got one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars sitting around. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Well, the hundred after a year, probably you probably don't have to have the hundred up front, but like after a year, you probably have to sign up for that license yep. type deal. I imagine. No, and any you're gonna small do the revenue, owner. But again, you're gonna end up with nothing because you got to hire people, like the whole production, like you know, getting everything. Well, yeah, as, as most small lab tested, lab testing, make a profit before you know a year yeah. is up. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know weed's a hot commodity, but that yeah. that is quite a barrier to entry. Yeah, yeah, it's not like you can get the mom and pop shops up. You know, it's not. It, it it's very far and few. And speaking of what you'd hope to see as mom and pop shops, we're about a year from when forty craft grower applicants should have received um, some sort of notice about their application um, in twenty twenty one, which is this year. We were supposed to see another sixty, so we're behind. You know. What's sixty plus forty? I can't do math when I'm high. Hundred. That's on. Hundred. Yeah, we're we're down by a hundred craft growers. Here's the important part. This is this is why I couldn't do the math. I'm joking. Um, the craft <laughs> the craft grower means a facility operated by an organization or business that's licensed by the Department of Ag to cultivate, dry cure, package cannabis. That's all we know, right? We get we you could surmise that, but a craft grower may only contain up to five thousand square feet of canopy space on its premises for plants in the flowering state. And this is from CannabisIndustryLawyer.com, our friend Tom Howard uh, from Cannabis Legalization News. Um, 
the Department of Agriculture may authorize an increase or decrease of flower cultivation space in increments of 3,000 square feet by rule based on market need, craft grower capacity, and licensee's history of compliance with a maximum space of 14,000 square feet. So what I'm trying to say is if it costs you, now the, we're talking about craft growers now, which only cost, it's like a $5,000 non-refundable fee because um, it's meant for, you know, craft growers, smaller people. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any other fees. But the point is you start with 5,000 square feet, which isn't much. No. Mm -mm. And then your max is 14,000. They basically don't, in Illinois, in my opinion, they don't give you... Um, a profitable way or a possible profitable all those words way to scale up like you're basically just mm. fucked you know so well, yeah you're gonna run out of you're gonna run out of material if you hit a surge at all i mean first off which is and a big fucking problem run out of space to grow if you yeah. it can't get you know any waiting time is approval. such a money loss like the the amount of lights you're gonna need to have a bigger grow like everything the hiring people to to maintain the grow like you're talking serious money loss if you run out of product like that too. Like, there's it's, no it's benefit a, either to like the limitation. Like, why? Please tell me why there's a limitation. Explain it to me because like and, there's really it's arbitrary to like to like just have that. Like, it's hmm. just a number that's been developed by people that are outsiders. Realistically, in my mind, I think the answer would be, and this is from also from Tom from Cannabis Legalization News. This is his idea that I've heard him share on a clubhouse his podcast his show the cannabis legalization news on youtube um and other places he basically he thinks the answer and i tend to agree is to have a license uh tiers have licensed tiers so if you want to you know if we want to have people limited mm. to five thousand square feet or whatever maybe that's a class a license mm. and that's you know that's to encourage mom and pop small time people that aren't trying to be the walmart of cannabis uh to get into the industry and to make a craft product and then maybe you have a class b which is like just a little bit larger maybe fifteen thousand, thirty thousand square feet something like that um and then you have your class c's which are like your crescos where you have hundred thousand two hundred thousand square feet you know and maybe there's other classes I, i'm not totally like familiar with his whole idea but i've heard it enough times to kind of relay it what do you guys think about i feel like that's that's like the answer right there yeah that's you the know? way it sounds like the way to go it, mm -hmm. it would at least allow you know entry at different points and um, i feel like it would prevent a race yeah. to the bottom which is something y'all have talked about do you want to tell us about uh the race to the bottom in oregon sorry i i said it the way that you guys said it. I didn't even notice you said it that way, honestly. I didn't. We've been corrected. It's, it. it's Oregon. Oregon. How dare you say right? it? I got it now. No, I got it now. Um, this month, are you referring to one of our last episodes where we covered? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think you, wasn't it a recent episode we listened to? Mm -hmm. Like the catastrophe? One? Yeah. My apologies for putting you on the spot like that. I can give no, like no a Oh, no. We're just stoners, so we have terrible memories. <laughs> so you got to give us a little refreshing. You got to give us a little hint where we were because then it'll You were talking work. about how, Lock like, that. <laughs> uh, one of the things you guys pointed out is just the, the concept of supply and demand and 
Oregon found themselves in a place where they had so much supply. Oh, oh this right. is way back. This was a while this, back. Okay, this, yeah. Okay, yeah. So this uh, revolved a lot around interstate, um, mm-hmm. like uh, trade when it came yeah. to cannabis because of Which the federal barriers that yeah. are yeah yeah the federal barriers uh, on you know prevent seeds even so you can't even bring yeah. in like a seed from a company because like you're even though you can definitely you're, get you're trafficking drugs at that point. <laughs> Which but like the, the genetics are like isolated, you know what I mean? So like Cali has its like great, you know, 20 year advantage over most states. Mm-hmm. And like that's we wish we could just get those seeds to these like Vermont and Massachusetts. So that, like these growers could have like the proper genetics. But well, that's the dirtiest gotten, secret of the cannabis yeah. industry. I don't mean to cut you off, but, uh, you know, all these cultivators, basically their answer. Like if you ask them, how did you get the, you know, you're a legal cultivator <laughs> in Illinois. How did you get the genetics here? Immaculate conception. Have you ever heard of the Bible? You know the story with Mary and Joe. Anyways, um, yeah, I mean seeds are small enough that they're mm-hmm. easy to drive over in someone's pocket. Like, which is the same mm-hmm. reason when you know you have different laws in different states. Uh, it borders yeah. don't really mean too much when it comes yeah. to that. There was driving. a big story recently uh, with one of our former guests from the Chicago Tribune. I believe he reported on it, um, or no, from Chicago Sun Times. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Shuba reported that Verano, which is one of the cultivators I mentioned earlier, who has a, a history, I do believe, of uh, lobbying against HomeGrow, um, they like got caught with uh, one of their employees allegedly, you know, because it's all still playing out in court, um, had clones in Arkansas possessing Ataraxia slash Verano genetics. And he, uh, the claim in the suit was that he had it on hold for a greenhouse that they were going to be opening up. And mm-hmm. so, you know, obviously those are pretty serious allegations. And uh, the point, though, is, you know, everybody freaked out about that story. The point I want to make is every one of those motherfuckers do that. Maybe not the way that he did it because that story was kind of crazy. They this I don't know if you read the story. Uh, it's like... Uh, Verano shipping clones to Arkansas, if you want to Google huh. it, Chicago Tribune. And okay. the, the details are what got me. He had them in, like, trash bags. Okay, so maybe not everybody – maybe some people take better care of their, uh, you know, pro, or their genetics. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the bottom line is everybody runs that stuff over state. Otherwise, oh, yeah. you can't. I mean, oh, yeah, I mean, the, I don't know what it, it probably. I'd imagine the government hands them like a legal way, like this is how you're gonna get your seeds. And it's probably shit. It's probably yeah. some kind of deal where the government's making money regardless. Because I can only imagine they have to offer them an, an alternative to like start the production, right? It's not like, well, you can't bring anything in. Good luck growing weed out of nowhere. They kind of have to look the other <laughs> way. Yeah. You're yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So there's got to be some type of alternative, and I wouldn't imagine they'd bypass like taking an opportunity to. To pocket a little money like on some okay. kind of private well, deal yeah. you know and, and see there you go right there federal the federal barriers on it create these you know black market ways that could end up getting someone in trouble who otherwise is pretty much above mm-hmm. board it's just how the fuck else are you supposed to do it yeah um and and it creates so many more problems like the one you were first referring to about you know the shortages in some states and then in other states will have an abundance of weed so i mean it is interesting to watch the markets play out in that way mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it sucks if you're in one of the states that's running dry and then all of oh, a sudden yeah. you're having to pay 100 for an eighth or something that's fucking crazy well I, and on the alternative you're crazy if you don't think that all those dispensaries in, in Oregon that were overstocked weren't fucking sending that to black market somehow. Yeah. 
You know, yeah. that wasn't going to a dumpster. That wasn't getting burned. That was like going somewhere, like to a get a little bit sale. of money back, like a fire sale. Dude, <laughs> a ton of that shit goes onto the the black market just to like help fucking cut the cost. You know. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I'm not sure what they have in terms of like expirations and stuff like that. I know here in California, like when the weed's been sitting around for a while, they will mark it down or do specials. Mm-hmm. It seems like just because they want to move it. Um, but yeah, if you're sitting on a bunch of shit, that's just gonna, you know. What do they send a government employee out to watch you burn it all? Like, <laughs> you know, like I don't know. Like, what? There's no. Sounds like a good time. Sure. Yeah. In uh, the state of Illinois, for folks that listen, Justine, tell tell the listeners what happens when a product uh, expires or if it comes in with the wrong fucking sticker on it. Yeah, we gotta destroy it. I would have to like put stuff into a food processor. No. <gasps> Oh, wait. Tell them the cool way you destroyed it by putting it into a bong and smoking it. No, oh, I'm yeah, joking. Yeah, there was <laughs> yeah, dude. Nice. Yeah, That's a, I like that got, kind of destruction. We had, destroy. we had like this huge, um, it was like a, a lots of eighths of different strains Ooh, that came I in. I like this. And the usable weight on them was labeled incorrectly. So technically oh. they were out of compliance and we had to destroy them. But um, oh, I'd that love to destroy them. Huh? I would love to destroy some of them. <laughs> it was like 80 of them, right? 88. Whoa, yeah, what? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and they just had a <laughs> And you were solely responsible gram. for these 88? Well, no, we, uh, we talked to the company, and they ended up, like, they switched them in the state tracking system over to samples, and we divvied them up among the employees at the dispensary oh. who had their medical cards. So Nice. Yeah, I ended up coming home with, like, nine of them. Oh my shit. god, dude, that's so amazing. It was pretty that's, dope. There was a Pizza Hut that closed down for the same kind of reasons in our hometown. All the all the uh, employees kept realizing if they put in fake orders that they could just take the pizza. So at the end of the night, place went on. Oh my god, <laughs> they can't I do totally, it too much. <laughs> I totally used to do that. Like I will confess that when I I worked, um, I was a hairdresser for a while and. The salon that I worked at was right next to a Domino's and we would call over there and order the pizza that we wanted and then wait and watch through the window to watch them start making it. And then once it went into the oven, we'd call them and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't have any money. You're like, oh, I didn't mean to order that. And then they would, um, as soon as it came out, they'd walk it over to the salon because we were right next to them. And they would be like, hey, guys, we made this pizza, but then they canceled the order. Do you want it? And we'd be like, oh, my God, awesome. Oh, it's got all our favorite stuff on it, too. That's so coincidental. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> so, Amazing. Justine, there was that one story where you had the 88s with the wrong sticker. But I also just told the depressing thing of what you actually do with the product you have to destroy. How do you destroy it? Yeah, we have to put it into a food processor, and then we have to mix it with, like, 50% soil, and then put it into a bag and, like, tape it up so you can't tell what's inside of it and take it to the dumpster. And there's, like, a designated time that you do this, and the state watches you while you do it to make sure that you're not taking anything. Wow. Yeah. And there's a lot of of record-keeping that goes into that. Dude, man, that's let's like smoke one... one right now for all the lost snugs. Guys. Yeah, right? right. Seriously, yeah, let's take a hit. Cheers. I Cheers. had to destroy this whole big batch of edibles because um, it was supposed to be ten or twenty pieces in the container, and it was actually thirty. That one was painful. 
Oh my god. But you only found that out because you opened it up first, right? You're like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Dude. No. I would line else. my pockets and try to like just steal a little bit. Of... <laughs> I know. It was so hard. Yeah, the hardest thing I think is like when you'd tell me about those big batches you'd have to throw in that composter. That's just a de- depressing story to hear, you know, like 38ths. You just open Perfectly them. Perfectly good nugs. Into a fucking machine. Man, they're letting because a the lot of... Said. A lot thing. of good material for pranks going, you, like burned here. You know, I say you give it to the homeless, it, dude. <laughs> grind it all. Yeah, right. There you go. Some charity. Yeah. You could write it yeah. off at that point. The homeless needs to get high. Come on, yeah. stop. Let's not act like they don't. I need relief too. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, um, well, uh, switching topics a little. Well, well, I guess just to wrap up cannabis. Um, do you have any states that you guys think are like? the model or are, are doing some things right i mean we, we need improvement everywhere right but what what states do you think have it figured out i can kick off kick it off by saying the easy one colorado's got it right mm. <laughs> that's the model citizen obviously i mean they've done a lot like they've taken a lot of the money and put it into beneficial places you know with education and the roads and you know just public safety in general like so i mean i think they're doing the, the proper thing and it's also like great for other states to look at and be like, well, that could be us. You know, if we took, we legalized, we had a, a whole stream of revenue that's untouched, you know? But I mean, I don't know. I hope, uh, I'm just hoping for Florida to change, but I'm glad New York's changing the way they are with the, the smoking on the, on the uh, streets. I'd say the number one for me, Jess, I don't know about you, but <laughs> New York is hometown. And for me, I, I was impressed by how quickly Nevada decided to go mm. legal and i thought mm. it was like such an easy like me me and matt we had gone there when it wasn't legal yet it was like in 2016 i think and uh we were talking about we were, i remember having a debate with you while we were walking down the las vegas strip um about like how vegas has a precedent or a prejudice against weed because like it's gonna make you tired and that's not like what they want they want you out gambling and doing so and that i feel like that was the thought for the longest time but then they were they saw like the dollar signs yeah and it was just like boom 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 and then by the next time you went i think yeah to vegas it was was legal it was insane dude like it was like (laughs) the biggest dispensary in the united states was their area yeah of course because i mean they're they're gonna do it up big and that's i'd say they're not an anomaly as a state in the sense that like Mm. they got two big places they got vegas and they got reno (laughs) and and everything else is very very tidy um (laughs) so so they they kind of have an interesting uh playing field for their Mm -hmm. for what they can do um which makes it a little bit easier for them to experiment i think yeah and i mean well you were right the the casinos were against weed they they openly lobbied against it and spent money to campaign against like any shops on the strip for a long time i figured yeah the casinos would because like they don't want me coming in here and being like well they want you to gamble baby they don't spend well, all exactly. that money on oxygen pumping in. They, well, they try to keep you fresh. <laughs> not only that, but alcohol, I feel like, just makes you be like, you know, fuck it, whatever, let's go, let's go. I, 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 you make, it makes you kind of feel like just un- invincible a little bit, but mm-hmm. weed, you can get a little paranoid, and you're like, shit, I'm up, man. Maybe I should just take this, get some Cheetos, and go back to my room, like, <laughs> you know? The conspiracy, they only they only serve, like, sativas there. They don't really have any indicas because they don't want you getting creepy. They're like, yeah, let's give them all sativa. Labeled it half indica. <laughs> keep, keep them gambling. 
But no, I mean, I was impressed by how quickly that seemed to happen because it seemed like a blink of an eye. Like I said, I was there with him, and then all of yeah. a sudden, boom. What, like two years later, it was like a different fucking place. It was insane. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. I mean, I there's know. none right on the strip because they still don't want them, like, being in the view of, like, families that vacation in Vegas. Like, they should be fucking vacationing in Vegas, but. Well, right. That happened in Denver or, or uh, somewhere in Colorado. It was Colorado, yeah. Oh, yeah. As they well, where they pushed them further down away from the touristy areas. Yeah, um, it was a pain in the ass for tourists still that to get stigma. to them. Even, even here in California, you know, supposed to be like the fucking weed mecca of like the United States at times. And we still have like them pushing all of the dispensaries over to like an industrial side of town where, mm-hmm. you know, most there's like homeless encampments and shit like that mm-hmm. because they don't want them near downtown. Right. Yeah. There's still that stigma that's kind of existing yeah. even in very progressive states. And then you leave these these businesses that are pulling in this massive cash flow that can't deposit the money in these areas that are easy to rob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so it's another like conundrum on its own. Well, it's like a self fulfilling prophecy. It's like ah, see, crime, yeah, look, weed, weed and crime, and weed and crime together. Look at that. Yeah, look like, at oh, it. We got, we got evidence <laughs> now. So, yeah, it's it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah ways to build propaganda. <laughs> So I, the only thought I have on on Las Vegas, um, that this is just a cool like fact. I don't know if or fun fact about the way at least it used to work. I'm not sure if it still works this way, but at least at the beginning of uh, I believe it was adult use legalization, um, wholesale alcohol distributors uh, were involved in Nevada's recreational marijuana mm-hmm. program. Um, their delivery actually depended on them. And I saw a special on Vice. Again, I don't know if this is the way that it still works, but it was so absurd when Vice covered um, what they had to do. And in some cases it was more than this, but this particular case, which is obviously anecdotal, but it just just displayed how ludicrous the law is, um, or at least was, right? I'm not saying it still is this way, but... Uh, so there's a cultivation facility attached to a dispensary. Again, al- the alcohol uh, distributors have to be involved with the, the distribution of cannabis. I believe it was like something they lobbied for uh, in order to kind of you know make it illegal, like at least from, from their side of the table, right? So in this special... they show, okay, we're you know we're packaged these, these are done curing. these are the final products. Um, I've got to give it to my distributor. And like, it's literally a hallway, uh, uh, maybe a 15 foot hallway between the cultivation facility and the dispensary. So the distributor comes in with a pallet jack. He checks, you know, all the things, rolls it down the hallway, checks it all out and hands it to the staff that's 15 feet away. <laughs> and uh, the, obviously that's a extreme example, you know, right. and it's really cool to to show in other cases they actually do pick it up from a cultivation facility and ship it you know maybe a mile or two or whatever i'm just throwing out hypothetical distances but uh yeah that that's my only thought on las vegas that i thought wanted to share with people to look up and see if see folks that are listening if it still functions that way because it's super wacky i yeah. did find one article on it talking about it uh by reno gazette journal um yeah a lot of wacky. the a lot of the it seems like companies that already kind of have like strong ties in in whatever state these new laws are coming into they're just like how can i get a piece of that mm-hmm. like how, how do we get some of that action how are we the ones to distribute it or you know how how do we become the monopoly that supplies new york or you know mm-hmm. 
yeah. any of these states. So that's uh, it's something to, for people to be aware of, especially when it comes to voting through these laws, if they get a say and it's not just going to the representatives of their state, if it literally comes up to, you know, a vote by the people, read mm-hmm. the verbiage of it because it yes. ma- it matters. It's important. <laughs> Big time. You could fuck yourself hard with this yep. if you like don't, it, you know, vote yes on a thing that you should do no. It's that simple. Yeah. yeah and like, I mean, it's good like, to be like, informed on it. Yeah. The lead up to the permit thing, like we were talking about before, is like things that are associated with it that are just like so out of tune for the normal man to even obtain. Like, so it leaves only room for people that have monopolies and other companies and are expanding their operation to take over other ones, you know, Mm -hmm. which I mean, statistically is going to lead to the consumer getting fucked. So we should be against that shit. All of us, honestly. Absolutely. So fuck mad men. Fuck mad men. I said it. (laughs) He said it. He said it folks. Live and direct. Um, all right, so uh, before we move on to other drugs, yeah, dude, <laughs> I was just gonna check our friends, and I know you guys check this website every once in a while from marijuanamoment.net. Um, looks like there's a bill to decriminalize marijuana possession in Texas, as well as a separate proposal to reduce penalties for cannabis concentrates. Why is it separate? It's the same fucking thing. Anyways, um. There's uh sounds like Biden's getting blasted yet again for um, marijuana-related White House firings. I'm actually going to bring on Mike Fouché sometime to ask him about it because he's been through that whole federal background check bullshit, and he knows like what the deal is. And, and he was just explaining to me that it's not like like Biden came in and was like this is a, this is a new policy or anything like that. it's something that has existed with the background checks it doesn't excuse I heard the they Biden had administration bags in the west wing smoking a doobie right <laughs> behind right behind the statue of Thomas Jefferson yeah dude he yeah. walked in he's like what the fuck what's going on in here <laughs> put it out put it out put it out spray Air the ocean sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly, exactly dude yeah ozium baby that's secret to the stoner that's uh, right. That's how you know a true stoner when they know about osium. It literally yeah. just goes through the air and, and chemically encompasses the the fucking smell, kills it yeah. immediately. It's, yeah, it probably kills a lot of brain cells too. It's but, probably uh, horrible, dude. We would be in a car and be like, cop, cop, hot box. Like, yes. <laughs> no, and you know, actually, if you read the bottle um, of osium, folks, if you use osium, it is in fact not good to stay in yeah. the room. It says that if you spray it, you should leave the room and there should not be any living things in the room. So I don't think it pets. said that when we were hotboxing my yeah, fucking actually, so I, think, I think we're fine. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. we're all right. Dude, we, did a, we made a podcast. I mean, they didn't have that warning yet, so I don't think it counted. <laughs> it's interesting, though. I, I've seen it on some bottles, and I, I think it's on the larger bottles, but not on the smaller bottles because they can't fit all that text in, right? So, yeah. um, But it's just... Uh, interesting anyways though um looks like that's really all we have for cannabis news i mean there's some stuff in new mexico everything else go check out our friends at marijuanamoment.net they do great reporting i'm trying to get somebody off of there on this podcast but yeah let's talk about other drugs what what are your thoughts on other drugs what do you think is next what i think psychedelics come on yeah (laughs) yeah mushrooms are probably the next to come i know some states are already uh putting forward laws where it's uh, like like uh when you're with a therapist they can possibly administrate it or mm-hmm. administer um you know 
uh, psilocybin yeah. under under supervision, I think, in a lot yeah. of cases. It's like um, having a shaman. Mm-hmm. I also I heard a podcast the other day uh, where they were talking about doing low doses of acid while someone's blindfolded and listening to music yes. um, as a form of therapy, mm-hmm. which I thought was fairly interesting, going more introspective and telling them to sort of look inside and whatever you're feeling, just kind of go with it. Um, there's it's especially for PTSD. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, they're trying to get that with the government being cool with it, I guess right now, but yeah, soldiers are really showing progress with PTSD, like from, you know, psychedelic treatment, especially mushrooms. I mean, Mm -hmm. DMT is like short lasting. It's a total different thing, but I think it, it, you know, there's no harm from DMT as well. You know, we were lied to as kids. I always like to say mushrooms and, um, and you know dmt are, are perfectly fine they're not going to hurt you and under the right circumstances like i would recommend it because i felt like i i gained a lot from you know actually taking mushrooms when i was younger so justine did you have something yeah i was gonna say i think that the idea of um you know taking a psychedelic and then blindfolding yourself and listening to music it sounds like a very therapeutic experience and I agree with you guys that I think that psychedelics like ketamine and mushrooms are going to be next on the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ketamine too is another one they're doing a lot of research yeah. and do. But it's like a float tank, you know? I mean, you just add elements to really induce the uh, the psyche piece of it, you know? Mm. Yeah. By like a some... little chemical. <laughs> Speaking of mushrooms, I've got somebody to call out. Uh, you know, most p- people think wouldn't guess I'd start a beef with this person because he is a you know, an acclaimed hero on the, in the cannabis frontier, but Snoop Dogg, we have a problem. Uh oh. It actually may not be Snoop Dogg's problem. In the movie, um, it's you know, it might be the creative genius behind the film. Uh, in the movie Soul Plane <laughs> by Kevin Hart, <laughs> the incredible movie Soul Plane, uh, Snoop Dogg's taken mushrooms. He's the pilot, and he has a seizure and dies. <laughs> And I totally thought that is what happened when you t- took mushrooms. And so for the longest time, and, and then of course, you know, my dare, uh, education, it's of not course, just like I comrade. saw soul plane and I was like, no more mushrooms, you know, but don't do drugs. Comrade. Yeah. I mean, I'm no shaman dude, but I know you can't get, you can't die, but people have a lot of bad trips cause they go in with a thought beforehand, dude. And like, yeah. it's usually cause your buddy said, don't do it. Cause like, dude, I was in a forest running from dragons or some ridiculous shit. Like they saw something for real. Cause that's not yeah, how it happens. You don't it's see like external. Like, it's the environment that you see vibration. Someone. You, just, you, you, you become very like, you feel in touch with like earth. It's very weird, you know? And like, you can see things about your past. Like it's like you start to dissect things mentally, like in a way you'd never did before. Um, you feel like anyway, the, like the rush of it. It's yeah. wild, you know? I mean, for me, I felt like it calmed me down as a young guy. So I, I'm a full endorser of, like, you know, yeah, the treatment That's what it. was weird about it is that, you know, I, the first time I tried psilocybin was, like, it was, you know, I was young, just trying to get super blazed, basically. I, I, I was coming oh, at yeah. it from the uh, angle that you were just talking about where it's like, oh, I want to see a fucking unicorn, right? But that's mm-hmm. not how it is. I didn't, I didn't realize what I signed myself up for. I, I had so much self-examination. It's like a microscope just like beaming in on me. And I'm like going, like you say, going through old thoughts, dissecting things I've said, did decisions I've made. Mm-hmm. And it was ultimately a really therapeutic uh, experience that, like I said, I didn't necessarily understand that I was signing up for because I was pitched a lie. You know? Yeah. hundred percent. Same same man always thought i was gonna die i was like well 
if I die, I die, you know, like that moment, like, you know, like it was just so weird, like actually having mushrooms in my hand for the first time and being like, holy fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how you did them. I was like, this is gross as fuck. How are we going to do this? And then like my one buddy was like, I think we should put them on cheeseburgers. So we went to Hell McDonald's, yeah. put them on cheeseburgers. Yep. It started the train for the whole fucking, that's how everybody that's how did, I did it the first time. Oh, yeah, yeah that's how I did it the first time. Yeah, yeah. everybody does see, it, like that, yeah. it. It sounds like you guys were a lot more introspective on mushrooms than I was. For me, uh, the LSD was a little bit was way more introspective than mushrooms. Mushrooms was mm-hmm. more like a fucking roller coaster uh, that just made me stupid. <laughs> like it was great. Oh, no. I loved it. It was fun. I mean, it, it was like the best. Um, but yeah, I just had more fun staring at visualizers uh under that <laughs> like with um with with uh lsd it was more of like uh, examining things from like an outside of my own like ego yeah. and body type of thing more kind of along the lines of like what you guys i feel like we're saying before yeah acid i mean there's a there's a variety of acid too so there is different interactions based upon that too mm. so the chemical compound will and again they say chem, you know like for the most part acid's safe for you as long as you do it in low doses you're gonna be all right you're gonna be fine well, I, I was out on it with friends at college and, and walking around at night and we saw a bunch of drunk kids like be jumping a fucking caution cone you know those big like circular ones oh, they're beat yeah. they're beating the fuck out of it like it like wronged them and we're just looking at them like and what we're on's the thing that's illegal uh, illegal like yeah I, it, it was big just time. it was like <laughs> like it's like that's yeah. wrong <laughs> like what's going on over there you know yeah. um so that that was more of a sort of step outside mm-hmm. my own perspective type of experience yeah and i agree like i think acids more like allows you to control your mind a little more in some ways like yeah. i think the visuals are sometimes a little more intense on acid from my experience because i did almost see a dragon one time i'm not lying <laughs> on the roof the lights were just crazy and it looked like a fucking dragon that was blurry it was just wild but like mm-hmm. so i see why like the myth like began but like the seeing things hardcore like that but uh mushrooms is more emotional i would say it, mm-hmm. like if i was to describe it to somebody who's never done either i would say you get yeah. more emotional on mushrooms acid mm-hmm. you're gonna be you're gonna be able to control everything and look at the world just like hmm, 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 like you yeah. know everything looks new everything looks brand new when you're on either of them i guess different perspective yeah but you can appreciate it on acid but there, there's definitely a difference between having fun and then using it for therapy which i, I don't mm-hmm. think you'd yeah. call what me and matt did no. <laughs> therapy necessarily i think i gained therapeutic uh <laughs> benefits from it but yeah i was i was going like you said when you first said something cool you were like um you know i was just looking to get fucked up and see dragons hell yeah <laughs> anybody that says they weren't looking for the dragon when they first did it is a liar <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly i was trying yeah. to see fucking unicorns and fucking yeah uh, dude all the the gnomes and shit hell yeah, yeah. But I think most importantly, if we can like change, if the laws can change on this kind of stuff, more research can be done on it. And then we can actually understand it a little better, which is going to put us in a better place overall, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why I am like all for uh, the decriminalization and legalization of the sale of this cultivation and sale of this stuff, because Mm -hmm. um, I hate like it's unfortunate that even with cannabis being legalized, we can obviously draw some parallels. Like I hate that even though it's like regulated and sold in stores across the country and other countries, people still don't really understand serving sizes and how it's going to mm. affect them. And that's where it's dangerous too. Cause I mean, 
If you take too much, you might not fucking mentally come back. I don't know. Like, you know, if you go... Well, exactly. There are people that have That's where it can snap you. There are people that have taken edibles that have literally had a mental breakdown and not recovered. I mean, you could do anything too much, you know? People are constantly drinking too much and killing themselves that way. So it's Mm -hmm. like... I guess if, if it was to legalize, yeah, it would have to be like... It sucks because it would be over limited. Because you know how the government goes, it would be like you wouldn't even have enough to really trip. Well, you we gotta go as fast as the slowest person, generally. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, because you, not everybody can handle their shit, man. That's why we all wear seatbelts. I get yeah. where you guys are coming from, but I say fuck it. Let's see what happens. And I don't just, Hell yeah, uh, dude! I'm with balls in a wall. Yeah, yeah. Because, because, and the reason I say that, because we kind of did that with cannabis, like edibles, especially in Colorado, they were just like. It was just some hippie like mixing like and he forgot. I'm uh, quoting Joe Rogan. He forgets if he already put weed in it or not. And he's just like, I'm throwing more in there, you know. And th- <laughs> there wasn't really like a, a limit at first for edibles. And then people would come and they're like, oh, I just want to try a cookie, and they fucking melt their their minds, you know, and have a psychotic episode basically. And for that reason, that's where we started to see the hundred milligram um, limit. Mm-hmm. For like adult use, edibles, ten milligram recommended starting serving. You know, yeah. So it's cool. We learned something, and and I'm not saying we're any closer because I still don't feel like people have edibles figured out. For example, my aunt recently had a surgery, and they gave her so many pain pills. I was like, come on, give me some of those. But uh, you know, I'm just <laughs> uh, she, so many pain pills, and she was like, Cole, you know, do you have any cannabis laying around that I could rather, much rather take? that than this because i took one and i was just fucking you know and i was like again please just give me some but uh uh, (laughs) i gave her like a tincture and i was like just a little squirt right and you know low and slow you can always take more you can't take less and i mean she just took the recommended dose which was a little like spritz under the tongue and she was just blown out of her fucking gourd right so (laughs) this was a, a According to the product, a two and a half milligram sample size, which is <laughs> nearly a quarter of right of the start uh, of the ten milligram starting dose, what they right, generally right. recommend. So, and of course, these things apply to all medicine, right? Weight, gender, they all play in. But the thing well, is, tolerance. is like. That equals tolerance. Yeah, that equals tolerance. What he's saying, it's yeah. like the schematic line point. <laughs> graph. Yeah. Well, I think tolerance. the only formula I forgot, part of the formula I forgot, is usage, which then equals tolerance. Right? That also she, adds up. Yeah, if you're so, not going, she yeah. approached it totally like cannabis virgin, off of like she hadn't smoked oh. in years, right? Type of thing. Yeah. So and then she took an edible and. Well, that's um, like when I came, I came back from Korea. I had left a fucking uh, weed pen in my car for myself because I was like, they, I wasn't, I was not about to smuggle weed into Korea. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> south, hardly, but for you, not, sir, not north. <laughs> We're going south. I went to south. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I smoked Korean cigarettes the whole time I was there, which kind of sucked. But I was drinking soju, so that was fun. Um, but when I got back, ripped that thing. I was like. A, your grandma essentially Duh, that yeah, i was yeah. like just, yeah grounded i asked my fiance i'm like can you drive because i'm fucking i'm done yeah. i can't yeah so it's funny how tolerance. quick the tolerance comes like goes you know it yeah. goes it takes forever to build it but it goes real quick too <laughs> got anything justin you guys got any cool uh funny um stories maybe with uh first timers or, or your first time or so- something like that i can kick it off uh my cousin wanted he, he likes having cannabis from time to time, but he doesn't do it often. And 
one of it's funny because um just hits me up every once in a while he's like hey man let's get high and i'm like okay let's do it you know let's have a good time and uh he hit me up and we were going to get cheeseburgers first before we like you know the grand occasion we wanted to get some food in our stomach and he was like actually you know what i want to hit that dab pin before we go in just so like i have the munchies and stuff like by the time we are eating the cheeseburgers i was like okay yeah sure rip it and he hit it and it, it was the low and slow approach you know you take a sip and just wait you know wait 10 15 minutes make sure until you can feel it and he's like i can't feel it so he takes another sip and I, I encouraged him you know just take another sip low and slow and again he can't feel it and then um i was like he, he said it again and he sounded frustrated i was like dude just fucking hit it like just really hit it you know <laughs> and so he hit it and he fucking he was coughing and you know like when you cough it's like <sighs> and you get to the end of your breath there's no more oh, sorry just hit my mic no more breath to come out right and you're just mm-hmm. like you got to breathe back in while he got to that final breath and there's still smoke coming out of or vape coming out of his mouth. I was like, Oh my God, he took way too big of a hit. Right. And so you know, he preheated and then fucking ripped it. Exactly. Exactly. And so we get to the burger joint and we, he, he still says he doesn't feel it. And I'm like, you, you, at this point, dude, as with as much as you cough, you just need to wait. Cause sometimes this shit can take a while to kick in. And especially like extract pins for some people, it's just a weird delay. And, um, so we get in there, we order the che- the cheeseburger, like, and he just like after he orders his cheeseburger, he just like turns around, looks at me. I can see like how pale he is in the face, and I was like, just just go get in the car. He doesn't say anything, just kind of wobbles out to the car. I had to get his order and everything, and yeah, he was he was feeling it, Mister Krabs. So who, oh, anybody yeah. else have a story of uh, funny things like that? Matt, do you have one? Oh, I, I'm infinite, but I mean. Have have you guys ever like been stuck to like the bathroom floor from weed like that that overdone? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I remember one of my like my first time smoking was like fake. You know, like the first encounter with weed like was a summer. My but like one of my best friends who was older like started being able to get weed. We smoked out of like a post-it note and like never inhale like <laughs> you know like that quick inhale and how we smoked in a post-it note like yeah it was ridiculous. Oh um, but. Uh, Later on, I ended up smoking, and uh, it was good weed. It wasn't like middies or something. And, dude, smoked a joint with a bunch of people. And, dude, I was just done to the bathroom floor, like, out of nowhere. I just I was, like, all good. And then it was, like, one of those creeper weeds. And then all of a sudden, I was just like, oh, I am not good. And I felt like I was drunk because I had been drunk before and thrown up. So I was like, oh, I recognize this. Like, I need to be in the bathroom. So <laughs> to the bathroom on the floor, cold floor, just feeling good. Yeah. And you just but, feel like you're sinking. So I built the tolerance, man. That happened like two or three times. No joke. Oh man. I'll 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 self-incriminate since you did too, Matt. I pulled a rookie mistake, even though I was a seasoned smoker. Um, and I learned a couple important lessons this day. Uh I like smoking grabs and um hell yeah. I also and I also like joking around sometimes a little too much. And um my my fiance, my girlfriend at the time, she was like chilling in the living room with me. And I like took a grab and I stood up and I went and I like looked out the window and like occasionally I would pretend like, oh, I'm drunk and I'm going to fall down or whatever. Like that was like a little bit that I'd do. Um, well, both coming? this time I held my breath a little too long and she saw me start to kind of daze out and she's like, are you OK? And I was like, 
all I remember the last thing I said was, yeah, I'm fine. And then apparently I hit the fucking living room table and just like was completely blacked out, just like on the ground, done. I just like basically choked myself out with a grab, which was the, probably the, one of the dumbest things I've ever done smoking. She like woke me up, was terrified. I was like, no, no, I'm fine. She's like, did you just have a fucking aneurysm? What are you doing? I thought you're fucking around. And I'm like, no, I'm just stupid as fuck. <laughs> Breathe out, I think, was yeah. one of the most important lessons I learned that day. Don't hold in until your fucking eyes vibrate. Um, or if you're going to do, sit down at least, please. Like, yeah, yeah, don't stand. That's stand another up. good lesson. Yeah. Um, and also, don't pretend that there's something medically wrong with you because then people won't take you seriously when they're fucking. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, there there you go. That's me being uh, a dumb first timer move. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love how you're like My brain's fine by the way. It's working. It's all well. I swear. <laughs> well, I've listened to your podcast. Let's not go that far. I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, you do it you do have evidence for that claim. Damn. Um, <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> Publicly. That's fucking crazy. That is so crazy. You fucking passed out, bro. That's I choked that's myself nuts. out. I don't know. What can I say? I'm Im- yeah. I'm impressed. Like it by had my to have own been the mixture of like a fix asphyxiation. I can't say that word. And um people say when you like take a good big hit of cannabis and if it's kicking in your blood sugar drops. I feel mm. like it was just that yeah. killer combination. And maybe you had like you know when you stand up too fast, like you have to get the head. I feel it like was it was like trifecta, dude. Yep. Yeah. So there's backstory to this. He used to always do this. We'd be playing games and he'd be like, he'd hit a grab and he'd be like, I got to stand up because it hits you harder. And so I even started doing this, right? And I, he didn't tell me this story at all yet. He didn't tell me this one bit. I thought I, I, thought I mentioned that to you. You didn't tell me the story until I had a similar incident. I didn't go fully out, but I walked from my bedroom to like my kitchen holding yeah. in a grab. And I like, <laughs> I was like, dude, I almost called you because I thought I was dying. Like I had like a little mini aneurysm, like my arm was shaking a little bit and I was like, oh, and I blew it out. I caught it I probably before I was about to pass out, but like it was weird. Yep. It was yep. fucking weird. Yeah, you almost and choked yourself I out. don't do this move anymore, but I told him, I'm like, dude, I almost called you because I thought I was dying. And he's like, dude. It's scary. Yeah, it's fucking scary. Terrifying. And then he leads to tell me the story. I love that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, all right. I don't feel so bad. <laughs> I love that he calls it a move, like it's like skateboarding, and it's like in that yeah, regard, dude. it sounds like <laughs> yo, you should be wearing a fucking Yo, watch me do this some... sweet trick. You hit your first fall, dude. It happens to all of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's how you get back up. It's how quick you get back up is when, you know. I don't blame I don't blame cannabis. It, that's just me not breathing, you know. Yeah. I could I could do that yeah. without smoking, too. It's a stoner trick that goes south. Don't, don't dare quick. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Technique. It's all about breathing. You've seen the UFC. It's like, yeah, you got to do that whole thing. Yep. <laughs> I'm stupid. Um, so, so um, ha- I saw there's a few different ways that people could support the podcast. And uh, if you could say it off the top of your head, go ahead. If not, I got it pulled up. Um, yeah, we high got stick, not- our friends. High stick. You slacker. Yeah. I'll just kick it off. Go for it. Yeah, uh, promo code Slacker. I think most of our promo codes are either Slacker or Slackers. There might be. Yeah. I think we also have Manscaped. Manscaped is, uh, code. We have a deal with them. We got uh, Hemp uh, CBD, I, I believe, as well. And yeah, cbdcom Once yeah, things open up again, you can yeah. uh, get a discount on some tickets. Kind of hurting there right now, but. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so folks. And the Patreon. I mean, the Patreon is above all. You know, that's the easiest way to contribute to us directly. Um, yeah, we do we have a Patreon. Out. We're those guys. 
<laughs> ad free early episodes yep. uh, so you get access before everyone else um we usually drop a few days early yeah bonus you know uh conversation that we have with our guests that didn't make it to the full episode itself and then we also sometimes throw up music that we make on there and stuff and other episodes yeah that are just one off so you know just we also have for the higher tier some t-shirts some of our retro t-shirts you can see them i'm wearing tons of, of our old ones right now merch game is um, that shirt's sick we're working yeah. on another that one actually thank you um we're working <laughs> on getting another with an artist hopefully soon to create some sort of kick flipping sasquatch with us in the background cheering them yeah up. dude nice. new design's gonna be on fire yeah yeah hell yeah hell yeah uh, so folks subscribe to them on or whatever the verbiage is on patreon patreon.com slash american slacker podcast throw our friends a bone um you can also find them on aspodcast.com they've got a facebook page they're on instagram like i mentioned earlier youtube and twitter um definitely check these folks out because as you can see they're uh, fun to talk to and i i just love your guy we love your show um thank you because we appreciate that appreciate that yeah yeah i just love the uh dynamic man and it's really fun like i listen to it on the road on the water my plants just doing random shit so uh, it's perfect for that like it just gets my mind going in different ways and sometimes i'm in the middle of water and you guys say something random that you send me down some google rabbit hole <laughs> you know <laughs> that's what we want man exactly yeah we want to be an escape from all the other bullshit that might be thrown at people in their everyday life you know that, that was our mission statement when we started yeah. this it was like mm-hmm. kind of in 2016 it was pretty contentious time everyone seemed like they're at each other's throats <laughs> not much has changed but we're doing a show <laughs> to try and you know give people a space to forget about some of the bullshit for a little bit and just think mm-hmm. about something funny you know yeah. or interesting yeah, that's why you'll notice we never get serious about anything serious. We yeah. get serious about like you know cannabis or why this guy how, put how his dick into a, a honeybee nest yeah. or something. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, and that's we why come I up with theories. That's why I brought. I I thought it would be cool to bring you on the show. We've been talking for a long time, and I love that I can turn on your show and it, it's an outlet for me and escape from um, the just uh i don't even know how to describe it it's like it's the french uh, would say bullshit yeah bullshit that's <laughs> excuse your french sir i'm just thinking it's like a like it's like a waterfall you like you get on the internet don't go chasing it that's all i'm saying you know hey yeah don't. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. i love it i love it that was good that was really good uh-huh. i stole it from michael keaton come on let's be real guys <laughs> yeah but yeah, I, I I like your show for that reason, and so I I want to thank you guys for setting aside time in your days, uh, especially your Saturday, um, to come on our show and tell, uh, like kind of give folks a formal introduction if they haven't heard from you. Folks, mm. check out the podcast because, um, yeah, it's fucking awesome. So, thanks so much. Man. Uh, we, yeah, appreciate we appreciate it. it, man. Yeah, we I love the flow of the show. You know, it's just like ours. It's really you know cool and flow. Until you like put us on the spot with that one question of the abundance of weed that we weren't ready to you know offhand on, but that's cool, you know. I'll give you a pass on yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was no, it was it was great, man. Like I love the show. <laughs> like again, like it's a show relatable to ours, you know. Yeah. So you never know yeah, where so, it's going to go and fun. Um, you're in Florida. You're in Florida, right? Yes, sir. And Jesse, where are you at? I'm in the Bay Area, just a little south of San Francisco in California. Okay. Well, shit, I forgot that you were in California. 
Huh? I'm going to be heading out that way here before too long for my job. Where oh, cool. I'm helping to open a dispensary. It's going to have 35 registers. Wow. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah, it's going to be huge. Wicked, wicked, That's what? wicked. Shit, I'll have to stop by once it's open. Yeah, we... <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, um, the question I was going to ask, and I guess uh, Matt, you're going to be the lone, because he's in a legal state. Um does it seem like it's close with Florida at all? Have they had um, any like anything more promising? Because I've heard their medical program was like was pretty fucked up. That you couldn't even smoke for a while. They're trying wow. to increment like a THC limit right now to give you an idea of what I'm dealing with. So this is why yeah. I'm just sticking to the black market and not even paying the three hundred dollar plus to get the license and then whatever the outrageous prices are for probably garbage weed that's less honestly than what I'm getting on the black market. The black market quality. Is probably going to surpass like a place like this. They're do, so they're doing like what Utah does with beer, essentially. Yeah, it's disgusting, dude. Like they're going to limit the THC and like what buds you can carry and edibles, like hardcore. So like your daily purchases are going to be ridiculous, and, and then they get more taxes. You can end up with hemp buds as much. Yeah, the fucking <laughs> Delta Eight bud's going to be more powerful than the, the dispensary buds now. You know, they frame those THC limit arguments. They're like. You know, this high percentage THC, you know, the kids, they shouldn't be smoking the high percentage THC. It's like, what a fucking dispensary is selling to kids? You know? Yeah, no kids are getting in there. Like, have they seen the process right. to get into a fucking place? It's, like, crazy. There's a security guard that's usually, like, a big-ass dude in front, like, grilling you, being like, is this really you? Like, and he runs your thing through a machine. Mm -hmm. So fake IDs don't really work. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, dude... That idea is like and it's, it's more puritanical laws, yeah, kind yeah. of. I mean, you see it in like like states here and there, like Utah for good example, they where they limit the alcohol percentage in beers. And that might Do just they? be Salt Lake City. I forget if it's the whole state or just the, gotcha. the city. That's that's but, interesting though. I did not know that, so I'm gonna have to look mm -hmm. into that. I'm gonna have to look into that. Just means um, you're gonna be hitting the bathroom more, and it just means Matt's <laughs> yeah. paying more for more weed to get high. Yeah, just, you get more taxes. I've always yeah. thought the THC limit things are so stupid because I guess, you know, maybe somewhere in Utah is an exception, but like you can go into the liquor store and get Everclear, which would, you know, put me into fucking anaphylactic shock if I fucking drank a well, shot and, of it. And it's, it's going into different things. Like, I mean, they're totally not even incorporating like, you know, the difference between indica and sativa or the different cannabinoids that are going to affect people differently. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you're dealing with all these different things. Like each weed is actually different. Like if people sit there and recognize that they're not just fucked up, you can take from like what strain you really enjoy the feeling of like, and it's going to be different feelings, you know? So it's really more diverse than just getting high off of anything. Like, yeah. And the THC well, limit is so trivial because... Dude, you're still going to get blasted on an indica, even Ex lower. You know what I mean? So it's like it's in sativa, you're going to be like, what is this? Well, you know? how's that work for concentrates? Of... Oh, What's, they're probably yeah. going to fuck concentrates up, dude. And then you're leaving. What are they going to put to dilute it that you're smoking? Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, what are they going to go there? We're going to have lawsuits in fucking 10 years for that. Ugh. Yeah, right. It's like pine resin or something. Yeah, I'm always careful with those cards. <laughs> those cards, you got to be careful. Make sure they're lab tested. No matter yeah. where you go, and verify the lab. It's easy to do online nowadays, and yeah. straight up, yeah, be you don't want to be blowing on hot dog water. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm a black market guy. Never touch a cart from the black market ever. I don't yeah. care what that box says. I can you can buy boxes on Amazon and eBay that are just like random boxes, and you buy the you know the fucking tube somewhere else mm -hmm. and fill it with a syringe. Right. You know, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, and like you said, uh, 
with the 14% THC, like as you've figured out, like 14%, 31%, 25%, they all get you pretty high in different ways. We've mm-hmm. figured out that percentages don't really matter, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I mean, you'll have to smoke more too. I mean, as long as it's a clean product, if it's not clean, then you're going to be uphill battle trying to intake that rough bud. But yeah. I mean, you just smoke more and you're going to get higher. It's not like it's hemp levels of under 2% or 3% or whatever it is. Or some keef on that. You know, or some keep on get, get cooking. <laughs> yeah. You Infuse. know, they, they always say, Jesse, if there's any, if you got any problems, you just throw some hash on it and it should fucking solve them. Right. There's some Pretty hash much. in the batch and you know, whatever. <laughs> so, all right. Well, um, Justine, any final questions before we wrap up our show with American Slacker podcast? Not a single brain cell left in my head, so no questions. Thank we've, you. We've, uh, that yeah, makes four of us. Hitting, <laughs> hitting our puffcos, and we're just blasted to the wall. So Hell yeah. It's a good podcast, if you ask me. Hell yeah. Well, cheers. Thank you for joining us. I'm going to stop this recording. Thank you, folks, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys.